in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Whenever we sign ourselves with the sign of the cross, we feel it's a habit. We used to do it before everything and at the end of everything. But the church is teaching us signing ourselves with the cross. We are proclaiming the whole Christian faith. First of all, we declare that we are worshiping the Holy Trinity. Secondly, we proclaim that we are receiving the full power of the cross. We are enjoying the fullness of the resurrection just by signing ourselves with the sign of the cross. If you are believing in the Holy Trinity, the church is teaching us any belief that we cannot live is not a true belief. So when the church fathers were fighting against many heresies to confirm our orthodox faith in the Trinity, because we need to live the Trinity. Not only to believe the Trinity, but to live the Trinity, to live the power and the fellowship of the Holy Trinity. So our talk today, we are in a few minutes, we'll summarize how to live, how my family, my life in general, is an icon of the Holy Trinity. And if not, we are denying the Trinity in a practical way. Maybe I'm still signing myself with the sign of the cross, still I believe in the Holy Trinity, but practically I'm denying the power of the Trinity. Before we start, let me share with you the words of Father Shmemen, he's one of the great Eucharistic theologians in the Eastern Orthodox Church. He said, the aim of all religious teaching in the Orthodox Church is to introduce the child or adult into the church, to integrate him into her life, the life of grace, communion with God, love, unity, and spiritual progress towards eternal salvation. For such are the essential aims of the church. If you cannot integrate in the life of the church, if you cannot integrate in the life of the Holy Trinity, we are defeating the purpose of the church. We are all churchgoers, but we, are, we would like to be part, living members of the body of Christ. Father Barsnofius from the 10th century, nearly putting the aim in front of our eyes once more. The aim of the Christian worship is to conform to the image and likeness of God. Otherwise, again, it's a practical denial of the image and likeness of God. The aim of the Christian love is to have full fellowship with God. The aim of the incarnation of the Son of God is to open for us the way to communion of the eternal life. At the beginning, the Holy Spirit is encouraging us, what is the aim of your life? Are you fulfilling the calling? We have been called in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, we receive a heavenly calling. This is what we need to achieve in our life. St. Cyril the Great says, in day one when we were baptized, we received the fullness of the grace. All my life, I'm trying to achieve the potential of day one. Because <clears throat> we are trying to say how to live this icon of the Holy Trinity in my life, as a family and also as individuals. We are not here to discuss or to prove the Trinity. We just take it as a belief, because I'm sure you heard before many people proving the Trinity from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, from teaching of rabbis, and so on. The church is teaching us that the Father, <coughs> or the Holy Trinity, one essence in three persons, or three hypostasis. 
I'm not trying to complicate theology, I'm trying to simplify. And it's essential to live it. Sometimes we, I'm not theologian anymore, let me be simple believer. Our theology is to be lived, not only to be debated, but to be lived. Otherwise, we are <clears throat> denying what we believe as a church. So we say it's one Godhead, one essence, in three persons. We say that the Son is not the Father, the Father is not the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is not the Son. Three distinctive persons in one Godhead, in a very simple way, and I'm not going to argue about it now, but just take it as it is now. The Father said that any essence, the divine essence, is only one, the one being, the one God, and the three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Father is not the Son, is not the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? And from where we get it? Always people trying to make some analogies to make it easy or to find a way to explain it. If you are able to explain it well and to comprehend it in your mind, you missed out the Trinity. The Trinity is a divine revelation beyond our imagination, beyond our capacity to comprehend in our limited mind. But God revealed himself as such. It means it is beyond my, my understanding. So when we say it's a revelation, whether we receive it by faith or we deny it. There's nothing in between. We can't prove it. A belief that you can prove it with your mind is not a belief. St. John Chrysostom said, a God that you, cannot, that you can comprehend is not a God. It's a handmade one. So our God is greater than anything. So we believe in the Trinity through the revelation. Three distinctive persons in one Godhead. Let me explain to you very simple two words. Maybe you heard them before or not. The first one is the imminent of the Trinity. Again, we are not making, making something complicated. We need to know how to live it. The imminent of the Trinity is the essence, which is untouchable, unsearchable, <coughs> indescribable, beyond everything. But we know the Trinity through one thing. We call it the economic Trinity which is the revelation of God to us, what he revealed in the scripture. We know it and we receive it by faith from our forefathers, from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, and the tradition which is kept in the church. So when we say we know the Trinity, we mean the economy of the Trinity, what is revealed in the scripture. The eminent of the Trinity is untouchable, unsearchable, we can't reach the world. So now he revealed himself I'm a father and son and Holy Spirit. Let us think for a moment, what is the relationship between the three persons to know how to live this life? What sort of unity is within? Do you think this unity has some tension between them, this unity, which is one Godhead, is it real or is it which sort of unity it is? When we have a proper understanding to the economy of the Holy Trinity, we are able to live it properly as well. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. What sort of oneness? 
we are one. We can't comprehend the oneness, but they are one. At the very end, in the Gospel of St. Matthew, he said, baptize them in the name, one person, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the liturgy, in the fraction of St. Cyril the Great, we said, at the very end, just before praying the Lord's Prayer, we are saying that we become one as you are one with the Father. We are seeking this oneness, that the three are one. What is, who is taking the decisions? What do you think? Who decided for the cross? The Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit? What do you think? Who is taking the decisions in the Holy Trinity? Every single thing in our life is a Trinitarian decision. But at the end, one of the three persons is doing it. The cross was a Trinitarian decision. But the Son went to the cross, but not away from the Father or the Son. The descent of the Holy Spirit upon us is a Trinitarian decision, but taken or received through the Holy Spirit, and so on. So we are saying, who is taking the decision? Every decision is a Trinitarian, despite one person is acting in the end. Who is the other person? If you look to the news, especially in the Middle East, you'll find it's always one man show, the king or the president. Anyone else will start to appear behind the scene or beside him, he should be killed or put away by any means. Why? Because the other is a threat to my presence. The other is someone who is going to override or to do something bad to me. Is it the case in the Holy Trinity? The other is me. We are one. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one despite they are three distinctive persons. It's the unity in diversity. This is the economy revealed to us in the Holy Scripture. The Lord said in the Gospel of St. John, I'm going to send you another comforter. He's like me. I'm not jealous of him. He will stay with you forever. I'm not jealous of him. Why? Because the other is not a threat in my life. The other is one with me. We are not the same, this diversity, but we are still holding the one essence, the unity. What kind of fellowship is there? This fellowship is revealed many times. You can see the great synergy in, on the day of the Epiphany. The Father speaking from heaven. This is my beloved Son. The Son in the Jordan River. And the Holy Spirit is hovering like a dove. A fellowship without any competition. Without having any sort of what we have in our life today. It's very easy to say, but this is God. I am not. And here when the devil is trying to make this separation between us and God, while Christ came to reconcile, to be a mediator between heaven and earth. Finally, who is higher than the other? What do you think? The Father is higher than the Son? Or higher than the Holy Spirit? Or the All of them are equal. We say it many times in our prayers and even in the creed. All of them are equal. This is the image, the very simple image of the economy 
of the Holy Trinity, which is revealed to us in the Holy Scripture. Let us move on to, how, to see how we are called to be an icon of the Holy Trinity. What we said, believe it or not, it's not theology, it's life. And our theology is life. From the first epistle of St. John, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 4. Let us see it together. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handed concerning the word of life. St. John is giving us a testimony. He has seen the word of life. The life was manifested. If I'm still not enjoying this life, it is not manifested yet before me, I am dead. There's nothing in between, as we were discussing in the liturgy. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was the Father, was manifested to us. Again, Job was saying we need a mediator between heaven and earth. Life has been disconnected from humanity after the fall. And now, eternal life, which was with the Father, the Word, Jesus Christ, was manifested to us. To see him, to bear witness only, to say, wow, we are worshiping the incarnate God? No. That which we have seen and heard to declare to you, that we also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So the calling of the whole church, each member, each family, is to have a fellowship with the Father and the Son. Definitely through the Holy Spirit. Mentioned many, many times in different places in the Bible. So I am called to be in a fellowship with the Holy Trinity. To mirror to the whole world the life of the Holy Trinity. If this is our calling, and he is continuing, and these things were, we write to you that your joy may be full. Are you missing joy today? Are you living a miserable family life? Or a miserable life, even if you are still not married? He's telling you you are not in a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You are not fulfilling your calling to, be enjoy, to enjoy the life of the Holy Trinity. And this is our calling today, or this is what we are trying to say. We believe in the Trinity and we live the Trinity as well. But how? It's easy to say nice words, easy to share nice verses, how to apply it in my life. First of all, through the indwelling. I'm not using big words, I'm trying to enjoy the fullness of the scripture. In John chapter 14, verse 23, St. John is telling, at that day you will know that the Lord is saying, at that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. It's real. It's not theory. When Jesus is saying, I in you and you are in me, it's real. Especially if you are today on Sunday and you had the communion, it's very real. I in you and you in me. Why? We were deserted from the Holy Trinity. We were deserted, deserted from the source of life. Christ, the full God, full man, 
is the mediator. He came down, united us all with him in the Eucharist to rejoin the life of the Holy Trinity once more. Not theoretically, but in, in the full meaning of the word. This is what he has in his person. Then in verse 23, he added, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. What? The Father and the Son are going to make their home in you. Now, heaven will come down to earth. Every person, as the Father said, is going to be a microcosmos or micro heaven. The Father and the Son are coming to dwell in him. And St. Paul adds in 1 Corinthians 16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now I became the indwelling place of the Holy Trinity. It's again, it's not a theory. All of us are suffering a lot from the bondage of sin. I can easily say I can't make it. I tried many times, but this is you alone. Now you are becoming the indwelling place of the Holy Trinity. Not only as a theory, not only to know it and to enjoy it, but to live a full life mirroring the life of the Trinity to the whole world. Let me ask one question more. Why, if, we are, if our church is 500 people, why today we have 300 and 200 outside? It's because of the 300 inside. We are not showing them the real life of the Holy Trinity. Why the whole world is blaspheming against the Holy Trinity and telling us you are worshiping three gods? Because we are debating theory with them, not living what we believe. If now God is pointing towards every one of us and telling me and you, you are the indwelling place of the Holy Trinity. I have chosen you to be my indwelling place. Now the separation between heaven and earth has come into an end. Are you going to enjoy it as a person, as a family, or not? St. Paul adding, now let us focus more on the family. And even if you are not married, you are a member of a family. Even if your own whole family died, you are a member of the church. It's your eternal family. St. Paul is telling us, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. He's telling us this fellowship with the Trinity to mirror this life is actual. And today when you have communion, and whenever you have communion, you are making this life into action once more. I'm a living member, um, his flesh and his bones. Again, what does it mean? I was separated from God. I was separated from the whole, the only source of life. But life was manifested. The Son of God became man and came to give us the Eucharist, to join the whole world in one body, to be united once more in a relationship with the whole thing. Let us focus more on family. We always hear many problems in our families, between husband and wife, between children and parents, and so on. 
St. Peter is telling us, now it's time to enjoy what you receive. Christ came to give us this icon of the Trinity, to be mine and to be yours, to be lived into its fullness. In 1 Peter chapter 2, the last few verses, is telling us how Christ suffered, how Christ was judged unjustly by unjust people, said in verse 23, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. This is what Christ did. Again, is it to say, wow, Jesus did a great job on the cross? Let us enjoy it, yes, but something more. The following verse, first verse, in First Peter chapter 3, is telling us, wives in the same way. It's time to be in the same way. Submit yourself to your own husband. Would you like to be in this life of the Holy Trinity? Would you like to be Christ-like? In the same way, submit to your husband. And then verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, you are participating in the life of Christ to mirror the life of the Holy Trinity. This is what St. Peter is trying to tell us. Now, what is your response to what you have received before? How do you behave with your wife? How do you behave with your husband? How do you behave with others, whoever he is? You can put in the same way. He started in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. He was telling us, Servants, be submissive to your masters. What about your obedience at work? Your obedience at home? Your obedience in the church? It tells if you are in Christ, in the same way, living this unity, mirroring this life of the Holy Trinity, that you are able to say, I am one with Christ. And in the same way, I am behaving. In the same way, I am acting. If we can see God as a father, and God as a son, and God as a Holy Spirit, I can't live this life. Again, Father Barsunovich is telling us, if we cannot see God as a father, only we see him as a God. All nations, any religion is trying to say, we worship our God, or their God, whoever he is. But he is saying here, therefore, whoever knows God as a creator and God only, is not elevated to the rank of adoption. He is not a son or a daughter yet. To mirror this life, it means I am enjoying the fullness of the sonhood of God in my life. Let me go to the liturgy. I'm sure you all know this passage very well. But what does it mean for me? I want to recite it immediately after the invocation of the Holy Spirit. Make us all worthy, our master, to partake of your holies. Why? And to the purification of our souls, our bodies, our spirits, that we may become one body. Are you one body with your wife and your husband, your children, with all church members, or are still separated? And we say we believe in the Holy Trinity, but we are rejecting this oneness. We are rejecting to show that we are living the same principles, the three 
are three distinctive persons, but they are one. Everything is in this unity. And the church is telling me Christ came down from heaven to reunite us once more, to make us according to the image of the Holy Trinity, to be one once more. And then to have a share and inheritance with all the saints. This oneness is the only way that will enable me to be and in, uh, to share in this inheritance. What does it mean again? If you are rejecting this oneness, you have no share or inheritance with all the things. It is so serious as such. If we can accept this oneness with all the members, and first of all, in my family. If the church is a family, the small unit of the church is your home and my home. If you are not accepting this oneness, you are blaspheming, we are denying practically the incarnation and the whole Trinity in the same time. I'm not trying to make you to fear it, but it's the reality that sometimes we need it to be in front of our eyes. Either we believe in the incarnation and the Holy Trinity, living it practically or denying it practically. It's not a matter of debating with other religions or debating with other denominations. It is the reality we live. Again, those who are blaspheming against the Trinity, it's because of me and you. We are not presenting this oneness. We can see people in the church. I'm sure you heard it before. The churchgoers are the hypocrites of the community. Why? Because they are not mirroring. They are not showing this icon of the Holy Trinity. But why? Why I, I am refusing to integrate? Why I am refusing to be one with everyone? Again, Father Barsnofius from the 10th century is adding, the individual is growing in a perverted way. If you go to the Greek, the word individual is always the one who is not in relation. Once he is in a relation, he becomes a person. The word even different in Greek. That's why we never said that the Father is individual, the Son is individual, and the Holy Spirit are three persons. Always in relationship with each other, and always offering this relationship with us. They can't live as individuals. So the individual is growing in a perverted way. He moves towards himself in a selfish progress, which is dominated by the self-love above everything else, which leads to this. For he takes of himself and gives to himself. But sometimes he's integrating for a purpose. He does not allow any fellowship except when it, it, it enriches his selfishness only. I'm not going to visit anyone at home. But if I have something in your home, if I need something from you, I'll be the most gracious person in visitation. It, it enriches my own selfishness. I'm not used during the week to call anyone, but if I will need you, I will moan and call you hundred times. I'm again not loving you anymore. It's I'm enriching my own selfishness because I'm living as individual. I am not a person receiving, living member of the family of God and is going to resemble this life of the other thing. The door is our baptism. And the way is our Eucharist. But there's one important thing. 
what we are going to gain, what we are going to receive <clears throat> from God is by grace, through adoption, and we will remain humans. Again, what we are going to receive is by grace, through adoption, we will remain human. I and Christ are one, but I'm not going to be to change my nature from human to divine. I'm still human. I am a son of God, and Jesus Christ is a son of God. He is son by nature. I am a son by adoption through grace. So whatever we are receiving from him in this, in this way, <clears throat> he's telling me again, <clears throat> would you like to live this life of the Trinity to be a member <clears throat> of the church and enjoying the fullness of the power of the, of the body? Do, do it in this way. Enjoy the Eucharist in its fullness. Sincerely, the great saying, as two pieces of wax fused together make one, so who receives Holy Communion is so united <clears throat> with Christ that he is in Christ and Christ is in him. Why again? To be part of this holy divine life. I am still remaining human, but I am getting and receiving things by grace through adoption. I'm going out to, the, to face the, this and the darkness of the world <clears throat> by the power of the risen Lord in me. I'm not defeated anymore. I'm not the same one who came to the liturgy. I go home a in a different shape. Christ is in me and I in him. He's telling us, sincerely <clears throat> the great, Messiah's physical, natural participation, two bodies become one. And as you know, we say it in the liturgy, his divinity parted not from his humanity. And at the same time, this unity, without confusion, without alteration, without mingling, the same thing. I am one with the body of Christ, but regarding his divinity, I'm still, I am human. He's uniting himself with me, but still, I am human. This is again the joy of the incarnation. What Christ has done to his body is offering it to us. He was like us and everything except sin. Why? To give us this privilege of being united with him, to be in fellowship with the Holy Trinity. Let us see <clears throat> how we can reflect this to the whole world. We have seen this slide before about the Trinity. Let us see it now in your family, in your church, at your workplace, with everyone. We said, what sort of unity is within? What sort of unity do you have between your wife, husband, children, parents, church members? Are we resembling the Holy Trinity? Can we see each other as different but loved and one? Different talents, <clears throat> different attitudes, but we have one aim. We are in a journey to heaven. You are living members of the body of Christ. No one is better than the other. It doesn't matter your profession. It doesn't matter how long, how tall, how short, how fat, nothing at all. I'm a living member of the body of Christ. And we are one. And Christ is accepting everyone. If I'm in this fellowship with the Holy Trinity, I will be able to accept everyone in the church. To accept the weak, and the poor, the good, the very high ranked, the very highly educated people as one. 
without any separation, without any distinction. We are different, but we are one. Unity and diversity. How do you see your wife this morning? How do you, do you see even your parents? Sometimes you are dishonoring, disrespecting our parents because they are not educated enough like us. But this unity, it says, we have this diversity, but we are united. Who is taking the decision? A big fight in every house. Who is taking the decision? Even a teenager can say, don't control my life. Because we are showing that we are different. And someone has to take the decision for all. I'm controlling the family. And we hear it at all times. He is dominating our life. Or she. Who is dominating the whole trinity? None. Every decision, as we said a few minutes ago, is trinitarian. In love. At the end, one of them will go to the cross. One is going to descend and sanctify the church. But it's our decision. And all of us are going to stick to it. The sad part is, even if she... I allow my wife to take the decision, or he is taking the decision, I'm looking forward to see when he is going to fall. To tell him, you were wrong. I will never allow you to have a decision anymore. It wasn't the case in the Trinity. Again, if you are living, and we don't want to deny the Holy Trinity in a practical way, the Lord is telling you, your decision should be jointly. In the church, in your group, at work, everywhere. Sadly, sometimes we are very good to do it outside. We are forced to do it at workplace or at uni. But here, in my home, in the church, I have to show it is my decision. You have to follow me in our family. To be the icon of the Holy Trinity, the Lord is telling us, where is the oneness of your heart to decide for one thing and to stick and support each other, even if the decision has been wrong. Not to wrong each other, but to support each other. We have seen who is the other person. Is the other person is my wife, is the source of all sadness. Is my husband is the one who is destroying the family. How do you see your family? The other is me. Every liturgy, we are saying we are one. I'm going to lose my inheritance with all the saints. Why? Because I am rejecting this oneness. Sadly, now we can easily hear, we are thinking of divorce. I have spoken to the lawyer. I have spoken to Abuna. Is it our language? Is it the language of the Holy Trinity? If I can still see the other person as an enemy or a threat to my presence, I'm not living this Holy Trinity. What I can do again, it is a liturgy. Today we started the fast, put it as one goal. Find out the verses about reconciliation. Find out the verse about forgiveness to your partner. Make your matanias for it, your prostrations for it. Make the whole liturgy a fight. I'm going home today with a new heart. You are bestowing your life upon me. St. Augustine says, when we have the communion, we are not changing the, the body and the blood to be ours, but we are changed to be Christ's. And Christ is one. 
with the Holy Trinity. His one was the Father, his one was the Son. So the other is me. The other is the unity in diversity. The other, despite he is different, we have one mission. We are mirroring this life of the Trinity. What kind of fellowship is there? We never heard in a single verse that there was a fight between any person of the Holy Trinity. What sort of fellowship do you have with your wife, or with your husband, with people around you in the church, everywhere? This is what says, to whom do you belong? Are you worshiping really the Holy Trinity or just absolute oneness as others believe? Those who believe in this absolute oneness, they can't accept the other. They can't be in a fellowship with anyone. Everyone is against everyone because it is me and me alone. It's totally different. Sometimes we feel that theology is for debate. Theology is to be lived. And if people are living in a wrong way, because they believe in the wrong belief. Father John Romanides says, if we are believing in a false theology, we are a church of activities. If we believe in a proper theology, it's a church of converting people to new beings and new becoming. What sort of church do you have at home? Are you every day changing from glory to glory? as he says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, or we are the same. If we have visited you 20 years ago, you are saying the same bad words, same bad attitudes towards your husband or your wife, and even getting worse by the time. And who is higher than the other? Is the father higher than the son, or the son higher than the father? This is always an issue everywhere, at home, in the church, at work, who is going to dominate the relation? The relation could be the best if there is no one is dominating the relation. If you are living the life of the Holy Trinity again. Let me share with you one last verse. Always we argue about this verse. If there is no one higher than the other, but the Bible says the man is the head. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. It's clear. She has to be submissive, and she has not to discuss anything with me. I am the head. I am the boss. But the fact is the verse is not telling this at all. At the end, he said, and the head of Christ is God. Who is higher, Jesus or the Father? They are co-equal. No one is higher than the one. It's telling us the man is the head. As the used to say, he is the first among equals. The verse that we read in the liturgy of wedding from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Just if you go backward one verse, verse 21. Submit to one another. Then... Wives, submit your husband. What he is trying to say, be equal, but in love, submit your husband. Discuss things. Submit as Jesus submitted himself to the Father. In which way? In love, in agreement, 
in a decision taken by the Holy Trinity. We decided to do it this way, as a family, as an icon of the Holy Trinity. Every time when we come to church, and when we go out to the world, the Lord is telling you and me, are you going to be an image and an icon of the Holy Trinity, or are you going to be yourself once more? If you're going to be yourself once, once more, you are denying me in a very practical way. Again, it is not theology, it's life. Either we are reconnected with the source of life, or we are still disconnected. Saint Cyril, in his interpretation of John chapter 7, verse 39, he was telling us, when God breathed the, in the nostril of Adam, he gave him the Holy Spirit. Upon his fall, he lost this connection. He lost the Spirit of God. Christ came on the Jordan River to receive it once more in our humanity. And now, we are enjoying this through every time when we are baptized. That's why we said the life or the fellowship of the Holy Trinity starts in our baptism. And we enrich and renew it in every Eucharist. Otherwise, we are dead. So the question become, becomes very crucial. Am I living this life waiting the inheritance with the saints or not? Please make it a, maybe your prayer during this fast, making your prayer for a week. Am I denying the Holy Trinity in a practical way or am I mirroring this life? The list is too long if we just put a few applications before your eyes. Where is the Holy Trinity in my life? In my selfishness. There is no place. Where is my gossiping? There is no place. Where is condemning others? There is no place. Am I volunteering or never volunteering? Am I doing things with genuine love? How am I behaving? I'm sure everyone can make another list of hundreds of points. But where is my icon? St. Augustine says in the very end, God will ask every one of us one question. Where is my icon that I have given you? I have given you <clears throat> the life and the fellowship, the unity of the Holy Trinity. If you still have it, you are more than welcome to inherit the eternal life. If not, you will hear it as he said in Matthew 7. I don't know you. It's simple and hard as such. Simple and clear as such. Whether I know you or I don't know you. I will know that, that this is my icon. I have given it to you. You kept it. You lived it. Or this is not my icon anymore. I don't know you. If you remember this dialogue, the Lord, they told him, we have done many miracles before you. He didn't say it was a lie. He didn't say it was false. But he said one thing. I don't know you. Why? Because you are doing what you want. You are not doing what I want in your life. I want you to live life to the full, to enjoy the fullness of the life of the Holy Trinity. The church every day in our Agbaya is telling me, you are united yourself with the Son of Christ, who is one with the Holy Trinity. Let us live this life. In every prostration, we die with Christ, we rise with Christ to say, I am a member of 
this holy family, I am living the Holy Trinity. Hundreds of times every day we cross ourselves to say, I am enjoying the life of the Holy Trinity. I am an ambassador of Christ to say the Trinity is here. The Trinity is alive. The Trinity is real. We are fasting for the same purpose. To say that we are uniting ourselves with Christ, we are getting the power of victory over temptation as he did upon his fast, to resemble and to say, and have a victorious life because I am living the life of the Holy Trinity. Every single means of grace in the church, it says one thing, we worship the Trinity, and the key was the incarnation through the Eucharist. I have become a son, an heir, and I have become a living member of the Holy Family of God. St. Paul says in Ephesians 2.19, from now on, we are the family of God. And God has one family, and Christ has one body, and the body is acting according to the calling. Otherwise, I am not a member of this body. I pray that all of us will enjoy this fullness of the life of the Holy Trinity to proclaim it to the whole world, and many nations will come and join us. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.